Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Kurana Talofa and Bulavanaka. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, the RNZ Pacific team takes a look back on the big sporting stories from an unprecedented year, the ongoing impact of COVID-19 and what we can look forward to in 2021. But first, the first woman to lead a Pacific Games organising committee says it's an honour and a privilege to be given the opportunity. The former Solomon Islands basketball and netball international, Shalom Akawaita, is the CEO of the 2023 Pacific Games in Honiara. Mrs Waita was also a part of the Solomon Islands team management during the 2017 Pacific Mini Games in Vanuatu and said her background gives her a good understanding of what makes for a successful event. Having represented the country in basketball and netball and, and just being to uh, the, a few Pacific Games and Mini Games, when, when this opportunity came up, it was very, um, for me, it was uh, very motivating um, I wanted to be part of of this, of being able to host the games here and be part of the of the group, um, and also having done a lot of work in country with other sports organisations in both netball and now with um our tennis um, association, and seeing the development of athletes. This is what attracted me, being able to be part of this undertaking being able to showcase the Solomon Islands and what we can do in delivering the game. So those experience both as a player yourself representing your country and then um, you know, on the management team, I guess you'd have quite a, a range of perspectives then about what makes a good games, uh, what makes it enjoyable for the athletes. Definitely, definitely, and, I, and that's sort of what I feel that I bring um, into this position because of the experiences that I've had as an athlete, as an official, um, and seeing it from through those eyes, um, what it is. Um, so that when we're hosting, um, bringing those experience into all the planning and the organising um, uh, and, and and delivering the Games in 2023. And uh, Shalom, what does it mean to you to be the first female CEO of a Pacific Games organising committee? For me, a... Uh, it's a it's a humbling. I'm honoured to be appointed into this role to be the first um, female and first local um, CEO for the games. Um, I think this is a, 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 a great opportunity, and and I'm very humbled by this appointment. Um, and I am looking forward to to basically bringing everyone from the youngest to the oldest from our involving our former um, athletes, involving our communities in this. This is a national project for us. It's our time to really um, showcase Solomon Islands, what we can offer, 
um, what, what, uh, how good we are at hosting and just being able to bring our communities on this journey to 2023. Um, and so this is a great honour and a privilege for me. And what do you see as the big challenges in your role? Obviously, with COVID-19, there's been an issue with uh, some of the Chinese contractors' uh, delay in terms of them getting back over here. That happened a couple of months ago, and to the best of my knowledge, the design work, they were hoping that would be completed by the end of this year. And uh, I'm sure you can tell me if the intention is still for the building to start on uh, the begin- beginning of May next year. Uh, what's the sort of key focus for you at the moment? That That, that is still um, on, on, on the plan. So the designs have been completed, they've gone back, um, and the plan is still to start building in May. Um, we have also, with the Indonesian government, um, with the multi-purpose um, for the futsal stadium that they were building, they have um, gone through quarantine and they... Uh, sort of this week starting as well with um, with building that. Um, and also, so that's on the facility side, which we have a facilities committee that looks after it. Um, for the, the GOC, uh, Games Organizing Committee, which I'm responsible for, it's really getting all the um, bits of the puzzle in place. And so... Um, looking ahead, uh, establishing the committee, having all its policies and procedures in place, um, having our um, board of directors um, induction meeting, um, and then just really getting all the work packages um, and all the work that has to be done, the planning of it, the budgeting, everything. Um, this is sort of the, for the next 120 days um, is, the, is the plan to get all these things um, in place. Um, and then before we start to really get um, more people on board. Um, so that's sort of the initial focus right now, but always thinking about, um, you know, with COVID um, causing delays, um, just ensuring that our um, risk management strategy is updated and we are able to capture and pro- um identify um, the strategies to mitigate the risks as well. That's the Chief Executive Officer of the 2023 Pacific Games Organising Committee, Shalom Akawaita. <laughs> Flying Fijian's prop Haere Te Hetet is counting down the days until he can see his family again after a two-month whirlwind in which he tested positive for COVID-19, has spent almost four weeks in quarantine and made his Test Rugby debut. The Bay of Plenty Lucid came off the bench in Fiji's Autumn Nations Cup win over Georgia earlier this month in what proved to be their only game on tour after a coronavirus outbreak in the squad. I didn't think I really that much of the COVID when we were going over there. I thought it was going to be quite you know, managed in terms of us going over there, but it was a hell of an experience. Because first of all, you were one of the guys that was over in London, right, with the Barbarian squad? Oh, yeah. And then, fortunately, the Fijian boys were all very good boys, and, and you guys did everything yeah. you were meant to do, and uh, obviously some others uh, went a bit of a walkabouts there, so, I mean, that's a bit of a bizarre situation, but uh, I guess that sort of started off a, a very interesting six weeks for you, as a, a game that never went ahead. Yeah, we're disappointed about that, because we had pretty much everything at the hotel. You could imagine the, the treatment and um, stuff like that. So just let down there by some local players. Uh, 
when it all sort of blew up, did any of those guys apologise or say anything to you guys? Or I guess once the game was called off, I suppose people had, had to go their separate ways. When they came back to the hotel, they had to isolate from us. So all those followers had to go to a whole different floor and to us. And we didn't actually see them. But they did put a message in our group chat apologising and saying sorry. And, and then obviously you had, yeah, Semi had tested uh, positive. Uh, and initially it was like, oh, well, it's a shame he's not going to be able to play. But, you know, everybody else can. And then obviously we had the big one with uh, whatever it was, 13 or or 20 or, you know, quite a few yeah. uh, positive test yeah. matches. What what was the sort of, you know, reaction in the squad when when, when that news filtered through and you, you realised how serious it was? Yeah, we were all quite um, gutted, you know. We prepared well for that week for France. It was gathering, but once we came to that, that last game, we were all clear and stuff, you know, it all was worth it. Oh, not the COVID, but when we played the game, you know, it was a lot more satisfying after winning against uh, Georgia. What did it feel like running out there for that game? You know, keeping in mind the experience the whole squad had gone through and then on a personal level for you, you know, playing your first test match for your country as well, uh, in such a circumstance must have been quite surreal. For me, running out for my first time, yeah, I was getting a bit emotional there. Um, Even with no crowd, it was still had that feeling and just to come out uh, out of uh, all that adversity and being locked down, you know, quarantine, all the, our games possibly not being played. Uh, it was all, you know, like I said, worth it. And then debuting was um, yeah, something special. Were you one of the positive tests? Are you able to say that, or you don't have to if you don't want to? Yeah, I was one of them. So, so do you have any idea how that came about? Or, I mean, obviously there was quite a few of them that got into the squad at some yeah, hour, so. Nah, well, I don't. Just had it tested positive and then. I was feeling a bit not the same because I didn't know what the hell. But I don't know because we we're isolated. When you're, when you're in your room, you sort of even I was testing negative. Now you're in your room for so long, and you, you I don't know. It's all in. I keep thinking it's all in my head. You know, you start just overthinking things. But then I actually tested positive, yeah. And then I was like sick for a couple of days, and just body aches, and lost my taste for like four days. And then obviously you did test negative and then you did go back to training and you did get on the field for that test debut. So as you sit in quarantine up in Auckland now, do you do you feel 100% again? or? Safe fitness, I'd say. And then I probably lost a bit of weight while I was over there. Yeah, body's all good. And, and so by the end of this process, you would have spent, uh, what, four weeks in quarantine in two different countries. Uh, is it any easier because you're close to home or is it maybe harder because you're so close to seeing friends, family again? It's easier here because, you know, I'm close to home and um, the light, start to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Been a lot away for, I don't know, two months now, I think so. So just excited to get up and take advantage of uh, staying at home and just, just go travel New Zealand. And, and so who's that, who, who are you looking forward to seeing when you finally get out? For... Oh, it's my partner, uh, my son. I get out on um, the 24th, that's my son's first birthday. So we had a bit, bit, having a bit, his first birthday on the... Uh, Boxing Day. What, what what was their reaction to you got to you, you making your debut? Yeah, they were quite happy. Well, my, my partner was quite uh, yeah, she was pretty happy that it wasn't for nothing. Going to go for nothing. Happy that I got out there for a run. That's the Flying Fijians rugby player Heide Te Hetit. 2020 has been a year of unprecedented change and disruption, as the world came to a head with a global pandemic. 
The sporting world has not been immune to the upheaval. But amidst all of the cancelled tournaments, tests and flights, there have still been some successes to celebrate. RNZ Pacific News Editor and Penrith Panthers loyalist Kuro Vakauta joins me now to discuss our Pacific sporting highlights for the year and Kuro, what have you got for us? It has been an unprecedented year, as you mentioned, with COVID. Um, but funnily enough, one of the big sports events or sporting leagues that kicked off in the midst of the pandemic and, and drew a lot of attention was the NRL. And for me, um, as a Penrith Panther fan, that was a highlight of my year. There were few and far between, as you've mentioned. But the Panthers uh, went on to have a winning streak of, of 17 games during their season. They were minor premiers. Uh, they made it all the way to the grand final, but then unfortunately lost. Uh, to the Melbourne Storm 26-20 uh, but the key thing for me was the emergence of players the likes of Jerome Luai uh, the standoff the, the for um, Tor Samoa and also Stephen Crichton the centre um, they were two players that really broke out this year they both made the NRL team of the year along with the likes of um, Api Koroisau the hooker and uh, William Gikau the second rower who made the uh, NRL team of the year again that was definitely a highlight for me and, and something to uh, comfort me during the pandemic and while you talk about Jerome Luai being a Toa Samoa international, Viliami Kikau, uh, whilst they weren't able to represent their countries in 2020, um, both of those guys have generally signalled that they very much still want to wear the blue and the, the white jerseys come next year, which of course, fingers crossed, we are going to have a, a Rugby League World Cup. Exactly, um, the likes of Luai, who has been looked at um, from all angles as a, a key player, a star player in the league. He made the uh, New South Wales State of Origin squad for the first time, as did Stephen Crichton. Neither of them made the field, but then the question was put to uh, Jerome in particular, because he has turned out for Tor Samoa, whether this would change his mindset in terms of eligibility. He couldn't, he can play for Australia um, if so required, but he says no, he's all for the blue jersey of Samoa. Um, now and into the near future and into the future beyond. And of course people will be uh, waiting with bated breath for the outcome of the Tonga National Rugby League sort of off-field dramas, not much happening on the field International Rugby League this year but we've had some off-field dramas in terms of who's going to control the administration of the sport up in the Kingdom of Tonga Um, but of course ultimately what people probably want at that World Cup later next year in the UK is uh, will they get those best players out on the paddock, you talk about Tosa Moore and, and Fiji, of course, Matemata Tonga, what they did three, almost four years ago now, so incredible in New Zealand and Australia. Uh, and I imagine a lot of people would be pretty excited at the thought of, you know, that team that started to pull out some consistent wins now against big nations. Can they build on that over in the UK? Yeah, with that ongoing saga, as you said, and we've been covering it here at RNZ Pacific, uh, that it was taken to the Court of Arbitration to try and get some settlement there. Um, and just, it'll be interesting to see if um, how that plays out in terms of the impacts on the field. We know that uh, the historic victory over the Kangaroos, that was a, an invitational side of sorts, and whether that kind of side could take uh, the field in the UK when it comes World Cup, side, uh, World Cup time or not, we'll have to wait and see. Another event that uh, for me was a, a bit of a standout in the region was the the Cook Islands Games, and if you'd told me I'd be saying that in January, February, I would have been very surprised, and it's not because it's not a great event, but partly it's because the event had been dormant since 2015, and they brought it back off the back of the pandemic when the Cook Islands was, of course, COVID-free, and, and still is, um, to basically sort of rejuvenate the local sporting scene, and with countries and teams, international teams couldn't fly out, they couldn't go compete in their regular events, there wasn't an Olympic Games of course over in Tokyo, that's been delayed till next year, so the Cook Islands said hey, let's put on our on our own festival, 
Yeah. Um, and, and literally everybody got involved. I think it was about 4,000 locals that were involved in the event. Um, some from the outer islands, uh, some, you know, predominantly they, they came from Rarotonga, but they were people that live on Rarotonga, but obviously have heritage with, with the other islands. So they were actually representing either where they came from or, or where their sort of heritage lies. And, um, yeah, you know, people I were talking to over there, you had multiple generations. You had children, you had parents, you had grandparents that were all sort of training together or competing at various different levels. And uh, it seemed to be a sport that, or an event, should I say, that, that really did capture the whole nation. Yeah, and even the region, because there wasn't a lot going on in the region that people, there was live streaming of this. And as is the case with a lot of Pacific events, um, man, it was so colourful, so entertaining. Uh, you had the the, um, the the sports that you see all across in the Olympic-type sports, but then you also had the traditional sports like stilt walking and coconut husking as well. So definitely it was one of those highlights of the sporting calendar for the Pacific and pretty much the biggest event in the Pacific Island this year and uh, off the back of the success of that they're already uh, promising to bring it back in 2022 so now it's a regular event again and I guess fingers crossed we've got the biggest stuff like the Olympics and uh, the Pacific Games uh, to come in, in, in the years but um, you know this is something that's been revived locally that now has you know got a, a firm place in their sporting calendar. Yeah, and in terms of uh, revive locally and, and plans for the future, I guess another big thing to talk about in terms of the sporting calendar at, for the Pacific was the, the historic match between Moana Pacifica and the New Zealand Māori, um, and we know the future of that is up in the air, but there are hopes that there, this will be a gateway into Super Rugby, but that fixture in itself drew a lot of attention. Uh, it was the last major match of the season in terms of rugby union, had some star players across the board, across the park, and a, and a close match in the end as well. Yeah and you know we, we talk about Super Rugby and what this Moana Pacifica franchise or bid could become potentially but even as a standalone match you know we've got the Māori All Blacks which celebrate you know New Zealand's Māori heritage and that team has a long successful history uh, of beating huge nations um, but uh, Moana Pacifica a lot of people saying well can we have a game like this every year uh, and I guess twofold you've got your Fiji, Samoa, Tonga, Cook Islands etc getting their representation in that game but also People that have already committed to, like the All Blacks, Joshua Waine, for example, um, and you know people like that that also get to give back to, to their heritage as well. They can't do it at test level because they presumably enjoy playing for the All Blacks, but this does mean a lot to them and their family that they can also just you know show that there are different parts of their makeup and how they've sort of come to be who they are and, and they can pay tribute to that. Yeah, paying homage to uh, their parents and their ancestors and it was interesting to see the likes of Ari Savia and Ngani Laumape getting firmly behind the event as fans as well. That was RNZ Pacific's news editor Koro Vakauta and that is the world in sport for the year. We'll be back in February with a brand new programme called Champions of the Pacific. Until then, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.